The Bulletin. Bulletin time at 27 minutes away from 11 o'clock. Ben Strang is our guest today. Find Sporting Minds. Find Juno. Commentator too here on SCNZ. Hello, Ben. Hello, Daniel. It was a very, very nice intro. Thank you for that. Well, mate, you know I meant every single word of it, right? Yeah, of course, of course, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. And but I, I'd be surprised, um, you know, my, my colleagues have not provided me a coffee this morning, and I'm still happy and chipper. You're joking. That, that's, me, jo- I mean, that's me looking at Logan. I'm trying to eyeball Logan down the, down, down the camera now. He is in a different city, though, but I'd like to think he could figure these things out, right, Ben? It's deliveries, totally deliveries, you know, Uber Eats is a thing. I'm sure you can get coffee on there. Yeah, well, Grant Elliott turns up every Saturday with my coffee. You know, I could question where he buys it from, but, you know, what he puts in his. But anyway, Ben, let's get to the most important things. Let's start off with one of your, your mastermind specialty topic is the ashes. Uh, right, day number two, sorry, day number three has been interrupted by rain, but it's left us fascinatingly poised with two days to go, and we'll find out how big the cojones are of England in setting a declaration, won't we? If they are to hold firm to Basball, there will be a declaration and a sporting one. Absolutely, because Tuesday, the last day of the test, is also looking like it's going to be rained out. I mean, the weather looks absolutely atrocious. I was just looking it up. Uh, 90% chance of precipitation on Tuesday, uh, so it's, uh, it's not exactly... That, that's more chance of rain than, than they had in, on day three. So uh, that's not looking good for a result unless England come out tomorrow and uh, absolutely bosh it around the park and then set a friendly declaration. Uh, the rain will also potentially change the pitch a little bit. Obviously, uh, in the gloomy conditions, they lost two for two, England. Uh, so it's, it's, it's fascinating. I, um, you know, as much as England are wanting to play this baseball, this aggressive brand of cricket, they have showed in the past couple of years that when the conditions don't allow it, that they will back off. And so... You know, in, in some ways it would be fun to, to watch them see if they can eke a result out of this game, but I think sometimes you've just got to, to take the conditions as they are and say, well, this is a long Ashes series. It would be worse if we capitulated and, and took a, a, a 1-0 loss heading into the second game, so let's, let's take things odds even into the next, uh, into the next match. Yeah, Usman Khawaja's uh, brilliant 141, setting Australia up to get close to that first innings total England uh, had posted. And now 28 for the loss of two and 10.3 over, so only going at 2.66. It just shows that when Pat Cummins gets it right, um, you know, you can have best intentions to attack, but that guy is just truly world-class. And, and Boland, well, he always gets wickets. Absolutely, and that's what's so fascinating about this matchup is that Australia have come out, and, and as everyone has been saying, they've been playing very un-Australian. They've had sweepers from the first ball bowling to these English batters, not that it helped in, in the first innings, but uh, just so fascinating to see how they approach it. And I think that that anti ball, if that's what you want to call it, might be the way of playing them because when New Zealand did best against England in the series here during the summer... It was it was that it was putting out sweepers. It was um, bowling slightly negative uh, in, in a slightly negative way, and the English batters were still trying to come at you, uh, and you were, you know the New Zealanders were finding success. So I feel like this anti baseball method may have some <laughs> uh, some real reason uh, for for Australia in a way to to get through and frustrate this English side. Wyndham Clark, Rory McIlroy, Ricky Fowler make up the top three and only two strokes separate them. That's what you want the last round of a major championship. Some big names 
and some fine margins. It's going to be squeaky bum time over the next 14, 15 holes at uh, the Los Angeles Country Club. Although scoring's not as easy as, as it was earlier in the tournament, it did seem. No, that's right. The the players seem like they're really battling with the conditions, which is fantastic to see. That's what you want with the US Open is low scoring, in my mind. Players made to look uh, like you or I maybe on the on the golf course sometimes, Daniel, where shots just don't seem to go right. I've just seen the, the long par, four, four, uh, par three fourth um, players not even reaching the green. I think it's playing 230 yards today. So that was, you know, um, Fowler. Uh, McElroy not even making the green. It's um, it's it's tough conditions out there. Um, yeah, it just looks like as much as it'd be nice to see Ricky Fowler do well, it looks like he might be battling a little bit uh, in that final group. But that Wyndham Clark, he's having a fantastic tournament. He seems to be right on song as well in this last round. So uh, it'd be it'd be fascinating. He's got a great story as well. Um, so it'd be amazing if he could pull through. Uh, at the same time, Rory McElroy sitting there a shot back. You just never write him off. What, what is that background? Elaborate on that. Well, other than sounding like an advertising agent, see? I'm engaging <laughs> Wyndham Clark to, to, to help me sell some items. Wyndham Clark, when he was at, uh, at university, uh, you know, playing in, in university, I think his mother died. And so he uh, really struggled to, to get on top of his emotions when he was on the golf course yeah. for a couple of years there. And, uh, you know, he's, he's managed to, to get through that. And now he's... Uh, pretty well on top of his game and I, I was just watching on the TV there as well as uh, he, he's good friends with Ricky Fowler so playing in that final group in fact it sounds like a couple of months ago he gave Ricky Fowler's uh, putter a try on the golf course and uh, and absolutely adored it so he ordered one up himself and that putter has been working very well this week in the US Open. This is the Bulletin with uh, Ben String. Let's uh, wrap up things with uh, the New Zealand Rugby and the All Blacks squad announced last night. How many messages do you think Sean Stevenson has had from his friends, you know, text messages with just the letters WTF? (laughs) A lot, I would imagine. Uh, You also wonder how many messages he's had from various parts of the world, whether he's had some from uh, Samoan family saying, hey, you know, there's there's another option here that you could play international rugby or perhaps... Uh, some some calls from Australia, uh, rugby league perhaps being the option there. Wayne Bennett obviously thinking about uh, Sean Stevenson coming over to the Dolphins, something like that. I just it's perplexing. I don't understand what more he could have done to make this All Blacks team. He has been a revelation for the Chiefs this year, and I just I'm not 100 sure what the reasoning is behind not selecting him. I think the suggestion has been that he needs to do extra work in the defensive part of his game. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it's, it's a head-scratcher. you just got to wonder what a guy has to do to, to knock the door down and, and earn selection. All right, so all those defensive frailties cost him the Chiefs daily this year, did, did they? <laughs> apparently, apparently. Yeah, that, I mean, that's, that's the quote I've seen from, uh, from Ian Foster on Sky Sports right. saying... Right. We've seen massive improvement in his defensive structural stuff, uh, but we still want to see a bit more in that space. And, and I mean, that's, okay. I find that hard to hard to understand. I mean, the guy has been one of the best players, if not the best player in the competition, and he's not good enough for the All Blacks. At what point will he be good enough? And and how does he work on that? I just don't, I just don't understand. And he must be having to think about his future 
at least in New Zealand rugby, um, maybe in the sport because league is knocking. Uh, or he could go to Europe and earn absolute mega bucks over there. It's a lot of questions for Sean Stevenson, and it'll be interesting to see how he enjoys that camp as an injury replacement. And Ben, who starts favourite in the Super Rugby final? In your mind? Jeez, that's, that's tough. I, I think the Chiefs, based on the way that they have played this season, they are at home. They don't seem to fear the Crusaders like other teams, <coughs> the Blues, um, have in, uh, in the past. So I think the Chiefs, but I'll just never write off the Crusaders despite injury issues, despite all of that. You just know that they're going to show up. It's going to be a fascinating game. I used to live in Hamilton. Uh, hopefully the Chiefs will do it. Brilliant stuff, Ben. Thanks so much, mate. Go well. You too. Ben Strang joining us for the bulletin. Some fast fire topics. Oops, there was another one there. Sorry, Logan. I just, just seen that. The Auckland Tuatara are on a seven-game winning streak. Rob Lowe's double-double included 32 points. Um, leads a 101-86 victory. Come from behind victory over the uh, Southland Sharks. My apologies to South NBL fans. Um, I should have turned the page over. It's just right there. It's perfectly written down for. See, the, the prep going behind the scenes to help me riding in. I was going to say on my white horse, like I'm a white knight. No. Um, excellent prep. Terrible delivery from the host, Logan Bryan. Do appreciate that. Uh, we will take a break. <laughs> we'll take, but where's my coffee?